You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a community of people seeking to live our lives in the orienting center of God's love in the midst of our post-Christian world, learning to lead like Jesus, live on mission, and make disciples. In nature, gravity is the phenomenon that brings stuff together, objects as small as atoms and quarks, and as large as stars and galaxies. We believe the gravity of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. The Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ, the gravity that holds everything together. Here's what I want to chat about. Mm -hmm. Beards. Okay. I like my beard. I like the way it looks, but it, it itches me. All, it, even my beard itches me if it's like growing in, but like once I have it like fully there, it doesn't itch me anymore. I don't know how, how big mine has to get, how voluminous mm-hmm. it has to get. Until how, like, it, how long? How how long have you had your beard currently? Like how many days has it been on your face? Three weeks, maybe three and a half. Oh yeah, I my, grew it when mine, I was in Yosemite. Mine's not. Mine's not itchy uh, at that point. If you have beard advice or suggestions for me on <laughs> how to get my beard de-itched. Mm. I wonder if people are going to recommend beard oil. I use beard oil. I don't. I take care of my beard. Maybe that's your problem. You should stop using beard oil. All right. Well, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. All I do is comb my beard. No, maybe I should do that. That's all I do. Maybe I need a beard massage. <laughs> Doesn't that sound good? Yeah, it does. $20 at the barber. <laughs> uh, you're going to hear an interview we did with Kathy Kong. Uh, coming up here, and uh, this is a great interview. She was awesome, uh, and she also put me on blast, so be listening for that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I deserved it. I, <laughs> yeah. I tend to have I'd, a lot of, I don't yeah. know, it's hard for me to adjudicate when somebody, like, lets me mm-hmm. have it, you know, because my ego wants to be like, no, let you're going to, now you're going to get it. Yeah. But I, I tend to just receive it, especially, mm. I try to receive it especially mm-hmm. from women. Mm-hmm. I just assume, you know, if I receive, if I receive, Mm-hmm. Some sort of blast from a woman, and it's mm-hmm. undeserved. Well, now we've got like another nine thousand to go. Yeah, <laughs> I can make up for all the missteps right, I've right, made. Right, and the times that you didn't get put on blast. Yeah, or the times I, you know, did the same thing to somebody who didn't yeah, deserve it. Yeah. Although I, you know, I don't remember exactly what uh, she said in this interview, but um, I don't know if I would categorize it as putting you on blast. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Let the listener decide. Yeah, we'll let the listener I mean, decide. But putting me on blast. I, I mean, that's, there's a lot of ambiguity in that phrase. Yeah, right. I right. just remember thinking... It was kind of a direct statement of like... I can't remember now what it was. I, anyway, I remember thinking... For I just remember thinking like she, she couraged up today. Like she's mm-hmm. let me have it. She got back just from doing yoga. She was probably in her body and she just was like, boom, yeah. here it is, buddy. Yeah. And but, I need that. I need more of that in my life. If mm-hmm. you want to <laughs> come on and put me on blast, mm. just do it. I'm all just for it. Do it. Just, just do it. Just do it. It's just really get, good. Hit us, it's really hit good us for up. Matt. It's, it's really good for all of us when everybody really puts good. my Matt on blast. <laughs> I need more Kathy Kong yeah, in my life. Yeah, yeah. She was a great interview, and we just really great. Uh, we'll get to that uh, right away. Short, short, in, in short order. In short order. Mm. But uh, we are booking workshops. Yep, that's kind of uh, the main uh, emphasis uh, that we're doing right now at Gravity is booking workshops for 2020. So I know a lot of churches are putting together budgets, um, and if you would like for us to come and invest in your people. Um, 
it's a great way to there's something about having somebody like even if you resonate with all this stuff and you feel like you've been talking to people and people in your church about it for a long time there's something really helpful about having someone else yep. from the outside kind of come in and say some of the same things yep um it's just really helpful people feel like they're part of something that's bigger than just uh, pastors talking about right. whatever again right so uh workshops on parenting enneagram church in the wild we're also open to just you know if you've got something that you know we're open to doing some customized stuff as well We'd that's like how we developed kind of, our first three workshops yep it was just people asking us to do stuff so we're like well, okay we'll do that we do stuff to stuff so let us know just let us know <laughs> So it's gravityleadership.com slash workshops. You can get all the information there and you can reach out to us uh, about booking something for you and your church in 2020. Also, don't forget our uh, membership community on Patreon, patreon.com slash gravityleadership. You can join us, become a patron and support and partner with uh, the work that we're doing and hear another podcast that we have, uh, the Practitioner Podcast, where we... Uh, just talk a little bit more vulnerably, a little bit more intimately yeah. about stuff that uh, we don't want just on the on the internet. Broadcast. I'm fixing to get some, my words in order for the next one. Fixing. I was just ranting to you about it before Rant, we hit ranting record. and raving. Uh, there's it's, just, it's about yeah, it's, it's important just, stuff. It's how we get how we get abuse wrong in the church. How we get relationships wrong. I have two friends right now. Mm-hmm. One male, one female, both accused of some kind of abuse. Yeah. And the church is gaffing, gaffling it. Was that is that a word? Uh, Blowing it, <laughs> gaffling it, gaffling. <laughs> I don't think that's a word, but it I could, told you it should be. I said I did preface this uh-huh. with I need to get my words in order. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is part of it. Just and now I'm talking without my words in order. Right. <laughs> They're completely flafflafling the situation. <laughs> All right. So uh, Kathy is someone who does have her words in order. So she does. Enjoy this, friends. Um, good morning. Well, you might be listening to this in the evening. Who knows when? Good day. 1 a.m. Good day to you. Today, this is the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Matt. You probably know that by now. I'm with my friend, Ben. Mm-hmm. I'm here as well. You're wearing your red Liverpool shirt today? Yeah, we're recording this on the first day of the Premier League. It's a big I'm deal for you. I'm super excited. It's <laughs> yep. a big deal for you. you. I am. I'm a big Liverpool fan. Not only are you wearing a red shirt, mm-hmm. you're also wearing your Pentecost shoes. Yep, yep. I, I bring out these shoes. I work out in these shoes, but I also <laughs> wear them uh, whenever I watch Liverpool, and I also wear them on Pentecost Sunday because they're, they're red. They're bright red. Because they're bright red. Yep. Uh, when I was a kid, I remember uh, this VHS sat in our little... Remember VHS tapes? Yeah. And it sat in our little cabinet, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a movie called The Man with the One Red Shoe, Oh. and I remember always asking to watch it, and my mom said no. It was like... It was like the Turkish delight. <laughs> <laughs> What's in that movie? Yeah. But uh, have you had Turkish delight? No. It's not it's, that good. It's not that good. <laughs> what he It must have been enchanted then. That's how you know it was enchanted Turkish delight because Edmund loved it so much. Uh, can you imagine if it was like a pixie stick? Like one of those giant three foot pixie sticks? Right. Edmund's just yeah, like yeah, shoveling yeah. the sugar right down his gullet. Right. Uh, hey, that voice you just heard. Yeah. <laughs> Is is our guest today, Kathy Kung from the suburbs of Chicago. Say hi, Kathy. Hey, everyone. Yeah, and Kathy is here. We're on a we're doing a series on power, as you know. And Kathy has written an amazing book about owning and claiming and naming and inhabiting and embodying and theologically rooting uh, the power of our voice in social spaces. And she tells her story in the book, and it's really powerful. And I've I'm learning a lot. Uh, Kathy, we're going to talk about that today, but would you give us an introduction who you are? Uh, I've already kind of outed you as a Chicagoite, but uh, what you spend your time doing and uh, what you do there in Chicago. Sure. So I have had Turkish Delight. It really wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't that great, actually. (laughs) But it was the one thing that I had asked my parents when they visited Turkey, if they could bring it back for me and my kids. So it, it, it was like literally from Turkey. And I was like, oh, 
wow, <laughs> that's it. I was a little disappointed. Yeah, yeah. So Ed, Edmund's even more of a sucker now. Yeah, yeah. It clearly was not enchanted. <laughs> a giant pixie stick would have been better, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. So uh, I live in the Chicago suburbs. I also say that I am the mother of three, wife of one, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I'm a writer. I do some speaking. I just left in February, 21 years with a campus ministry organization oh, wow. after that many years in vocational ministry. And so right now I am, I'm sort of a stay at home mom, sort of, mm-hmm. uh, but my kids are ginormous. So the only two kids <laughs> at home are my 17 year old son who starts his senior year of high school on Monday. And mm-hmm. then my 20 year old junior in college. So oh, cool. it's, it's actually, if you're going, I for me, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be a stay at home mom, this is the way to do it. This is the way to do it. Yeah. Basically yeah. adult children. Everybody's, yes. everybody's yeah. wiping their own bottom yeah. at this yeah, point. Yes. At that point. Yeah, that's good. They that's can a good go way to the to grocery it. store. They can fix their own food, do their own laundry. It's wonderful. And I also <laughs> teach yoga. So oh, that's fun. I love yoga, Kathy. Can I just, my can wife I, loves yoga. Can I self-disclose a bit? Uh, yes. I don't mind. I, I find, Kathy, help me out here. I find that when I do yoga after like a week or two of not doing it, and I just start breathing and um, stretching, mm-hmm. I immediately get super emotional. Like, I, I think I think I get constipated emotionally, and I start uh, doing yoga, and like my body's like, "Well, there you are. Yeah. Now that yes. I got your attention, now you can, here's some things now you, you can need. feel. Things here's <laughs> yes. some things you should have yes. been feeling this whole week. Oh yeah. goodness, <laughs> yes. So you teach um. yoga." I do. Oh. I do. Does that does that mean like you you like you lead uh, yoga sessions and classes, or is that something yes. more? Yes. Okay. All right. So I yeah, I just came back this morning. Okay. And taught my class, and then realized I didn't have the Zoom link for our <laughs> yeah. podcast. You, yeah. yeah. Real life but behind you, the scenes. Yeah. yeah. Behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, but you showed up on time. It was fine. You, All right. You figured it out before yeah. before we uh, we let you go, Kathy. After interview, I want your. <laughs> Uh, yoga recommendations. Who do I need to like? Who yeah. do I need to like apprentice myself to? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Good. All right. I've got but one person I pay attention to, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm just not sure if it's the best. I don't. I'm not a yoga master. A yogi. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, Kathy. Um, so uh, I was particularly we we asked you to come on our show for a few reasons. One. Um, we we are two white dudes who host this podcast. There's a third guy who also hosts it. And um, there's never been a time in my life when I didn't think people needed to hear my voice. Mm, yes, I, just kinda, I hear that. I roll out of the womb thinking, you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> Here I am, and I got a voice. I've, yeah. Right? And I'm realizing that there's a uh, there needs to be some self-reflection on why why is that the case, and how did I come to just believe that in my bones, you know, it's not something yes. I've assented to. But in your book, you describe your journey of learning how to own and claim and name your voice. Um, will you just tell us a bit about uh, what what was it about that journey that led you to write this book? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> good question. I realized that I wasn't the only one who was not born out of the womb thinking Mm. that everybody ought to be grateful to hear what I had to say or uh, engage in what I saw happening in the world. And I also realized that it was harming. It was harming the church. It was harming the kingdom of God. It was harming the world uh, when we don't help others own their power, own their voice, Hmm. be comfortable in their own skin because we don't actually get to engage with the fullness of what God has created for us. So I realized that I was harming my family and my friends and myself by not being myself and not Hmm. uh, really owning my voice and the space yeah, so yeah. walk us through that. What what did that yeah. what was the story you told yourself? How did that play out? Uh why what did it look like for Kathy not to own her voice? Sure. Well, I you know, I'm I'm Korean American. I am an immigrant. I came when I was 8 months old with my parents and uh 
I, my first language was not English. It was Korean. Hmm. And then I got all confused when I hit elementary school and, and literally I didn't have a voice. I didn't know the language. I didn't know how to communicate. And I actually don't have a lot of memories from that time of my life. And I, I blame it. And well, blame maybe not, may not be the best way to put it, but I think that it, part of it is I was going through this language acquisition and I couldn't put together memory with language, with words. Wow. So, uh, so even finding my voice literally was a challenge because hmm. I had this other language that I could communicate fully in and then entered into a space where there were kids my age, but no way to communicate with them. Wow. And then uh, quickly realized that there were different spaces in which a different version of my voice was and was not acceptable. Hmm. So growing up in the Korean immigrant church, you know, Women held certain roles, girls did certain things, mm. and that also played off kind of in the real world. Yeah. You know, what women did or didn't do, who you see doing certain things. And then I think for me, that just carried on. Mm. You know, it carried on through school, it carried on through college. Um, and it was very confusing for me in college to meet a group of other Asian American Christians mm. who were thoughtful. I loved that. Who, who were thoughtful, who looked like me, who had similar kind of cultural experiences and wrestling with family and the world and all those expectations. And I will say the biggest shock then was landing my first job out of college and the little things like calling my boss by his first name. Hmm. I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. It didn't feel it. respectful enough? It didn't. It, it felt very inappropriate. It felt wrong. And so, right, there are times where you're asked and you're told, use your voice, do these things without any reflection back on maybe maybe that's actually not the best way to empower somebody. Maybe that's mm. not the best way to establish trust. And I just remember thinking, I cannot call him Roger. He's Mr. Schneider. I still remember. <laughs> uh, and, and that, you know, and that continues. That, yeah. That's still a part of the inner yeah. voice that I have to go back and forth on. Hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah, I was just thinking about, I mean, when, when you first started... Uh, when you first started uh, telling your story a little bit, Kathy, I was just thinking about um, the fact that I think over the course of the last week, um, uh, three women, uh, what three women, in groups or with me in a conversation, have apologized for crying. Yes, they've apologized for crying, and I was I was thinking about that for some reason as you were talking because I think that's one of the that's one of the ways in which women in particular are conditioned to think that like that part of their voice or that part of their experience is unacceptable. Right. Right. It's, uh, or it's something to be like, Oh man, I, I did it again. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be doing this. Thing. There I go. Being, there I go uh, again. Being a quote woman. Being right. emotional. Yeah. Being, being emotional. emotional as if it's not okay. You know what I mean? And so it's one of the things that I noticed, um, uh, I guess as you were talking that, that I've, I've actually come to appreciate when it happens, because there's something beautiful that actually happens in the room when someone shares vulnerably to the point where, yes, tears are shed. Um, anyway, so I'm trying to figure out how to react to that when, mm -hmm. when someone, you know, a woman specifically is like, I'm sorry. Um, because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do like, it's okay. Like, or like, you don't have to apologize. Or <laughs> Stop apologizing. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. So I'm trying to learn like what to, like what to say in those environments. What would be a good response? What, what would you say is a good response, <laughs> Kathy, to, to like, you know, because what well, the message helpful, I want to... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what's helpful to you? What's helpful for you? Well, so it's... So there, there are two things around that because mm -hmm. even... So I can relate. I'm often finding myself apologizing or I am around other women who after every statement they make, they apologize, whether yeah. or not there's any tears <laughs> right. or like, right. oh, I'm when sorry. I'm something. sorry. I'm like, sorry for what? Would yeah. you like breathe? 
Right. Um, <laughs> yes. Right. So that I'm sorry, but I'm going right, to talk. So now, that's right? uh, yeah. trying to figure out what's appropriate. Yeah. And I think part of it is in that moment, what's appropriate? Is it in front of other people? Will it embarrass yes. her even more to say, "Hey, what's going on?" Right. Um, but I also think that it's important for those of us who tend to be more uh, emotional and mm-hmm. expressive in our emotions that I have realized that it's also part of the power, yes, right? It Going is. back to the theme yes. that I've learned that sometimes I can actually hijack a meeting oh. with my emotions, right? If I'm not self-aware, yeah. I can bring a meeting to a screeching halt <laughs> yes. because nobody knows what to do because I'm crying and oh, they don't know yeah. if it's insensitive to move on, oh, right? Yeah. So I've had to understand that as well and to be able to self-lead yeah self-regulate and say where is that emotion coming from and then to a be able to communicate externally and say you know what i know i'm crying and i know that that might make other people uncomfortable i'm okay Mm -hmm. just give me a minute to catch my breath and then i will keep talking and i have found Mm. that in that moment it is helpful for people to be aware of the power dynamics Mm. Right. Is is what kind of power does that moment bring? How are other people responding? Yes. How can we in a helpful way name that? Mm-hmm. And is it something then we have to stop and go back and like do some other work around or yeah. then can we move forward? That's great. Mm. That's great. It's all it's all contextual. Yes. But, but those power dynamics need to be kept in mind yes. the whole time. So yes. One, one example uh, that I'll just give um, uh, that I think uh, plays this out is um, in one of these situations, it was a, uh, we, we do these coaching groups um, mm-hmm. where people, it's Gravity Leadership Academy. We do um, these groups of uh, leaders who are present and we're sort of learning to pay attention to what God's doing in our life. And so it is a pretty vulnerable space and that's what's expected you know, in that environment. Um, and so this one woman in this in, in this on this call was sharing about something that was like it was really powerful. It was really meaningful for the whole mm-hmm. group. It was really helpful. Um, but she found herself crying, and that's what mm-hmm. she apologized for. She said, "I'm I'm sorry. You know, I, I always cry." Um, and so in that moment, it felt I was I'm in charge of this meeting, right? So mm-hmm. that that's part of the power dynamic. Uh, she's the only woman on this call. It's mm-hmm. another part of the dynamic, right? Um, so in that meeting, it felt appropriate to me to say. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You don't need to apologize because what you've offered to us is a gift. Yes. And we've and we receive and everybody I could see that everybody was receiving it. You know, like people right. were receiving the gift and it was and it was helpful for us. And so I just yes. I tried to honor her to say yes. thank you. You know, that thing that you just apologized for, actually thank you. Like yes. you don't need to apologize for it, but but yes. we honor that and we receive that from you. Yes. Um, yes. So yeah, that that's fascinating, Kathy. Mm. I, yeah. I, that. Yeah, Kathy. Uh, one of the that, one of the things you talked about in um, how you navigate those situations is you talked about being aware of the power dynamics and how they're at play. Mm. And one of the things I'm waking up to, and we're hearing from other people as well, is that um, not everybody's aware of power dynamics in these social mm-hmm. spaces. Yeah, yeah. That uh, it takes a it takes an you actually have to have a certain kind of conceptual tool packet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that usually is socialized into you uh, from a young age, in Correct. in order to recognize just you know mm. it's like you know uh, the water that you're swimming in. It you don't recognize it unless unless you're a, a giraffe. <laughs> you're like I, right. should, I or shouldn't. Or an amphibian. Or yeah, I shouldn't be here. You know? Besides water. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so could you um, you tell the story in your book about uh, a moment when you felt sort of this. Uh, burden, conviction, compulsion to speak, to ask mm-hmm. questions, mm. and something f- really f- arresting and fascinating happened to you. Would you share that story? Because I think sure. it's, I think it's a, it's such a picture, right, of maybe um, what a lot of people experience metaphorically. Mm. Correct, correct. So I was in a large uh, staff meeting and. And that was exactly it. There were things being said and reported back. And you could tell in the room, we all, we all, many of us had the same questions in our minds. And 
you know, I'm sure many of us have been in those meetings where you're making eye contact with people and trying <laughs> to figure out who's going to name the five elephants uh-huh. in the room. Okay. Are you? Are you're not? Oh, oh, oh you look down. You're not going to be the one. And this sense of this meeting is going to end, and it can't end without. Let's. We need to address this. How mm. can we? How can we? We can't. We can't do this. And so, I finally kind of realize, okay, I, I guess I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'll do this, take a deep breath. And I start to speak. And uh, my friend who was next to me, who also knew, you know, the elephant in the room reached over and in, in a reflexive and I think familiar joking sort of way, but powerful way covered my mouth. With her hand, physically, like literally, covered your mouth. Literally, literally. That's amazing. And and you know, I I have friends who you know will say something, and you're like, oh my god, I can't believe you just said that. And you do that, you hit each other, and you're like, you give each other the look, like I can't believe you just said that. I mean, I know we were all thinking it, but I can't believe you said it. Yeah, I can't believe you. And so, right, so it happens, and so she covered my mouth, and in that split second, I was like, oh my god. Wow. None of us are going to say it. Like we're so afraid of naming yeah. the elephant in the room. And so oh. I pushed her hand away and kind of took another breath and then carried on. And I do think you're right. It happens metaphorically. It happens. Uh, hmm. uh, it, and it happens, it happens with retribution for a lot of us, yes, right? So right. it's this, it's the smack on the side, the look across the room, no one says anything, the meeting ends. And then afterwards you mm. get the, I can't believe you said that. Mm. Or what were you thinking? Or like, okay, now we gotta, now we're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. You know, now what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it was one of those moments where, I physically realized the power of your voice, right? When you are the one who finally says the thing that you know other people are thinking, mm. but are counting the cost, what happens? Yeah. And I'll, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Um, but I, I carry that because I know that that happens. I, you don't need a hand to cover your mouth. I think a lot of us do that self-censoring yes. anyway. Yeah. Right? And yep. so uh, people are aghast. And I knew people would be, but I like to push people and say, but when have you done that to yourself? Mm-hmm. Or when have you done that to somebody else? To other people. Yeah. After the fact. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so good. I so if someone's listening and um, so first of all, Kathy, you're a baller. Like that's a baller <laughs> thing to do, and I would have loved to have been there because that would have been awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Secondly, um, someone's listening and they hear that story and they mm-hmm. think, "Oh my gosh, I could never do that. Yeah. I could never do that." Um, what? What? How? If someone's listening and either they are scared of their voice or have no idea how to find their voice, what would be some advice you would give them on how to begin exploring that? Mm. For me, it continues to be a journey in understanding what are the things that I am most passionate about and what are the things happening in this world, big and small, that I can't stay quiet about. Because the cost is too high when we stay silent. Mm. And sometimes it's the little things like, you know, I'm a mom. My ginormous children used to be small and young. And there's nothing worse than seeing your kid be hurt. Yeah. By another child. And it's innocent. It's, you know, they're not playing nice at the playground or someone grabs you know, your kid's truck and you're like, I'm gonna hurt you. (laughs) Right. And, and so I think it's those types of moments where you have to learn Mm. 
Mm. Like, what are you going to do and how will you handle this Mm. so that one, it doesn't cause more harm to anyone involved, but also tries to correct and Mm. speak of the values and the love that you have in that moment. Because as much as I don't enjoy those big times in a meeting where you're like, are we seriously not going to talk about this? Um, At the end of the day for me, and I think this is, this is part of finding your voice, owning it is, do I love these people enough Mm. to take this moment and maybe be wrong, embarrass myself Uh, stretch this meeting out longer than it needs to be (laughs) or is convenient for me and deal with the thing that we Mm. need to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of stuff in this world. I don't really care about the people, right? So I'm, I'm just going to honk my horn or like yell at the driver in my car because I don't really, I mean, I'm just, my ego is hurt. Why did you cut me off? But like the bigger things in life, I think, come for me out of out of a place of love. Yes. Sure. Kathy, I think that's important. What you said early on there, we, oftentimes the reason we're silent is that we the the cost of speaking up weighs mm-hmm. re, it looms really large for us. We mm-hmm. know that that will cost us some embarrassment mm-hmm. or maybe our maybe it's our job, you know what I mean, something more mm-hmm. serious even, mm-hmm. friendships, you know that kind of thing. The cost of that looms so large that we stay silent. But I think I, I like what you've said, that we also have to add up the cost of staying silent, that that right. is costing us something as well. Yes. And that we don't oftentimes add it up and quantify it and, and name it, but it's actually really important to name because it is costing us something to it stay is. silent. Yes. And, and I think that's really important. And I love how you've attached it to love as well, that, that ultimately staying silent is most of the time... In the way that in the way that you're talking about it, staying silent is a self-preservation kind of an instinct rather than yes. an instinct of self-giving love. Hmm. Yes, hmm. yes, it's um, it's very much a part of the like, how am I going to feel? What is yes. comfortable for yes. me? And uh, and then for me, that's part of the the beauty that I love about being korean american that the the cultural upbringing of being both and hmm. and the korean culture being much more communal hmm. as opposed to the american culture really which is about like the individual yes, and all of that that for me the 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 pushing and the pulling of the two forces me to decide how does it look like to walk with Jesus? What does it look like to lead out of that space? And it mm. isn't about self-preservation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, gosh, Kathy, so many questions are flowing through my head. One of the things I've been wrestling with is um, what's the difference in my voice uh, in a meeting, like what you described, mm-hmm. uh, face-to-face as a pastor? With uh, mm-hmm. you know somebody, uh, someone who doesn't have power, and I have power. How does how do I use my voice there? Mm. Uh, one of the one of the quagmires for me right now is social media, and um, you know there's such an acerbic kind of strident tone on social media. I typically play nice. The last couple weeks, I've been uh, telling people how I really feel, and some people don't mm-hmm. don't like that. Uh, what 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 have you learned about um, how our voice? How to be faithful with our voice on social media and how is that different than in real life or (laughs) person to person? Yes. Person to person. It's well, it's a lot easier to be nasty on social media and it's a lot easier to present yourself as something you are not. Mm -hmm. And so, Hmm. and I think in some ways that's easiest on a platform like Instagram where it's all visual, fewer words. So you can paint your life as being, being very beautiful, very beautiful, very, um, yeah, very pretty. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and Twitter, you can present yourself as, as being very witty and, yes. you know, fast and all of these types of intelligent. Yeah. And, uh, and so again, it, it is that self-leadership and recognizing the size of your platform, the number of followers. Yes, that plays into 
the whole power dynamic, but if your tweet goes viral, it doesn't matter that you only had 400 followers, your words can be spread across mm. millions of times. And what yeah. does that mean? Yeah. So I do think that um, the danger is that on social media, we can get snippier and shorter with people and only take people in the context of the one post or the one comment. Right. And, and, and it's fast. Social media is also fast. What happened on Twitter an hour ago is old. It's old news. Yeah. You forget about and, it. And right. And Facebook is just a bunch of old people now. Yep. <laughs> the young kids are not on Facebook. Yeah. So Kathy, Kathy, I'm 43. I'm on Facebook. So I, re- yeah, I, I think see that. that thing. I'm yeah. older than you. I'm older than you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, true. You know, so I, I'm as old, I'm Facebook old. Like there was a physical <laughs> Facebook when I went to college, right? right. Like it was yeah. a paper Facebook. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. They called so, them yearbooks, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a book of faces. We dug up a time capsule in high school and they had a yearbook in it. That's how I remember. Yearbook. But in college, <laughs> as a freshman, there what? was a Facebook of all of the freshmen what? at the beginning called, of the year. It, it was called a Facebook? It was called, well, oh. I don't think it was called Facebook, uh-huh. but it was like the freshman. So that's where a they got the idea, yeah, okay. yeah. a book of faces yeah. where you could, you know, and Just so it it's the first impression that you make. Yeah. And so I do tell people that don't go on social media if you don't have the stomach for it. You don't have <laughs> to be there. Right. Yeah. So then figure out why you're there. Yeah. Right. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Then why are you there? Quit complaining. <laughs> Right. It is like, an opt-in thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not right. It it's is not required. It is not it isn't. It is not required. Add, I know people who do not have yeah. any social media platforms. Right. And they're still alive and they're human and they're functioning yeah. and they have jobs yeah. and friends. <laughs> they have real so human if lives. You yep. don't want to engage, don't be on it. But if you are on it, be wise. Yeah. And uh and and hmm. take comments within the context of the the profile, mm. right? So mm-hmm. if I have somebody who I think is trolling me, <laughs> I automatically go to their profile mm. and I start scrolling and I try to see what is public. You know, mm-hmm. they have a family or at least they're pretending to have a family, right? Like they <laughs> have knows? a, you know, they, they want me this, to think they're that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah. so I have to remember, okay, well, this is, I'm going to I'm going to engage with them like they are a real person. Yeah. yeah. And that's part of it. Yeah, I was Good. we Ben and I were at a, a faith and race symposium yesterday in downtown mm-hmm. Indianapolis and uh it was um I have to actively seek out uh contexts mm-hmm. where I am a minority. Mm-hmm. Like I have to make that happen. It doesn't just happen unless yeah. I make it happen. And people like me aren't in charge. Yeah, people yeah. like me aren't right. setting yeah. the agenda in charge, and the flavor, the culture, the ethos, the aesthetic of the room isn't tuned to my cultural temperature. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And, and I, I was uh, struck by a comment that a, a woman made. Uh, she was talking about getting active in this group's uh, fights for racial and criminal justice and social justice. And she said, and I know some of you are afraid. Uh, afraid to get involved, what it will cost you with your congregations. And she said, uh, I get it. I'm afraid every day my son leaves the house that he's going to be shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, if I can, if I can uh, get over that to do this, then you can get over being scared about what people will think. Yes. And I, I remember thinking, um, yeah. I get the point. Um, but I'm, I've noticed that like, I, I, tend, I tend to have to navigate with my voice, like my my whole metrics of like speaking is like really it's really jacked up. It's like I'm not thinking if I don't speak, my son's gonna die. I think right. if I speak, this person might get offended at me. Yes, and, and I might have to answer a long email. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> and I right. felt like so convicted by that. Like my like the uh, what am I trying to say, Ben? Like the, what's at stake or the cost of me speaking or not speaking feels so infinitesimal to other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the, they, they they have to speak. Yeah. Or else it's it's survival. It's survival for them, right. and for yeah. me, it's an opt in, opt out preference. Mm-hmm. If I have time right. today, I might I might say something about uh, important about justice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, right. And so I, I guess uh, I, I'm, I'm convicted to reclaim my voice in a way that it's not necessary for my survival. But I'm also wanting to correct. Yeah, but I'm also wanting to um, do do it in in a way that is helpful. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, uh, Kathy, are you understanding yeah. what I'm saying? I do, I do, and I think part of it is it's you know I I don't know what it's like to be either of you. I don't know what it's like to have to seek out places where I'm not. Yeah the norm or yep. the center and right. even in spaces that are more diverse and uh and different and led by non-white people oftentimes the ways in which we've been taught leadership and taught right. about how to create spaces right. is still from a very male white dominant culture right. way of doing right. things right That's leadership looks a certain way right and it is outspoken, mm. it is clear, it is educated. But if I am too outspoken, too clear, too <laughs> educated, then I am yeah. aggressive, angry, uppity. Yeah. Who do I think I am? That kind of thing. Yes. So uh, it is complicated. I do understand what you're saying. And I see it a lot. And it is that um, I, I see a lot of my white friends, men and women, really wrestling with their fragility mm -hmm. and that fear of, oh, I might offend somebody or I might not get this right because suddenly I'm not in a context where everything and anything I say is, uh-huh, yes, I agreed. Yeah. Um, and, That's good. Uh, and so how do then you engage by using your voice uh, to maybe not speak, right? Yeah. To make room for those whose concerns are actually when my son goes out, yeah. I worry about his life, yes. right? And, and again, it, it is understanding your power and where you sit in that because yes. I don't worry about that. Yeah. We live in a white suburb yeah. where my Korean American sons are not going to get pulled over and worry about a suburban cop pulling out their gun. Right. I do worry about them going out and being in a group of kids who are not like them and being singled out, right? Being the one kid who gets caught. Mm -hmm. um, and so, it's it's funny when we kind of step back and go, oh my gosh, the things that we're worried about are so different. Yes. Yeah. Right? But at the end of the day, it, it's recognizing each other's humanity mm. in that and how we have valued your humanity as white men far above yeah. the yes. humanity of others. Mm. And so how then do you manage your... Yeah. power yes in the words you speak or choose not to speak or the words you elevate of others mm -hmm. or learn from yes. and then when you make a mistake what do you do yeah. yes that's really good. right um this morning uh there was a quote by one of the gazillion presidential candidates for mm -hmm. the democratic nomination and he, he made a huge blunder and it showed his racial bias. Oh, I saw this. I saw this too. Right? It yep. showed his racial bias. Totally. And it's just, I mean, people are dragging him and all this kind of stuff. And all I can think of is, is there no one on his team that he will listen to? Because all he needed to say is, wow, you know what I just said? That's something we all need to work on. Yeah. Right? We have our biases. That's right. And that slip of the tongue that came from somewhere. Yeah. Just admit and it. And I need just to, own right? It. Just yeah. admit it. I'm yeah. sorry. Whoa. Yeah. Raise your voice and say, I'm wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm think, sorry. I was wrong. Yes. Oh. That I, was bad. <laughs> Kathy, I think that's so important, um, especially like if you are listening and you're a white man, like that, because I think our instinct oftentimes is, you know, we learn something or we, we, we get, you know, uh, we hear about, you know, 
African-American women who worry about their sons being shot. And then I think our instinct oftentimes is to say, okay, great. And then we kind of try to use the power that we Mm -hmm. have, like in the old ways, to educate everybody about this new thing that I know about now. You know what I mean? And so (laughs) like, listen up, everybody. You know, and we, and we, rather than that posture, which is so, so much more beautiful and I think so much more helpful of, oh, I'm, I'm wrong. You know, I've, it's not like here I am as the, as the white man again, who now I have the right answers, but it's, I can show up in a new way as somebody who gets it wrong. I can show up as somebody who's learning. I can show up as somebody who doesn't have anything to say right now. You know what I mean? Like I can do that. Yes. That's so helpful. That is helpful. Kathy, I have to confess, since you've talked about your kids twice as ginormous, every time you mention them, I picture these like six foot eight, hulking 300 pound Korean American, you know, like, uh, I know that's not what probably is accurate. Ginormous children. It just, yes. uh, yeah, they're, they're both almost six feet tall. Okay. okay. So they are ginormous. Tall. They, yeah. they are tall and they're tall for me because again, they were my babies and I'm like, I have to go on my tippy toes to like, yeah, give them a hug you. now. Yeah. Um, and they love to look down and be like, mom. So. <laughs> That's great. Our precious little mom. Hey, yes. I just yeah. want to reflect back, Kathy, that I really appreciate you taking my word salad and uh, breaking it down so easily. Mm. And mm-hmm. what I heard from you is I tend to speak or not speak based upon my resilience to my own white fragility. Mm. And other mm-hmm. people tend to speak or not speak based upon survival. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, like that's embarrassing. Mm. I'm like that's embarrassing. Yeah, you yeah. know, it really is, and it should be, yeah. <laughs> right? Be- right? And it's survival, not just for myself, but for our communities. That's it. It's for our communities because, um, because if someone in our community does something negative or perceived as negative, it often is reflected back on all of us. Mm. Right. Um, years ago, the Virginia Tech shooter. Yep. And when we heard, and I remember hearing about the shooting because I was in campus ministry at the time. And right away, it's like, please don't let the shooter be black. Please don't let the shooter be black. Please don't let the shooter be black. And it turned out that the shooter was Korean American. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking, oh my God. Okay. And I remember telling my boys, you cannot go outside with your Nerf guns. Oh, man. You cannot go outside and pretend to shoot anything. Those marshmallow spit gun things that <laughs> we made, no, you are not allowed. Yeah. And, um, and, and so I think that's part of it as well, that it's uh, self-preservation for our community and not just our individual selves. Yeah, and wow. and we're on we're in the shadow of the El Paso, Texas, and yes. the Dayton shootings. Yes, and no one's asked me to right. explain or decry white on white violence. Yes, and yes. and I have no fear yes. about my son. And playing it didn't. With his it nerve didn't nerve. affect. Yeah, it didn't affect. I'm not me sure. As a white man at all. I'm not sure if there's any amount of violence white people can perpetuate. That will right. that will ever change that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kathy, uh, where do we send our check? I feel like we just got an education. <laughs> uh, no, I. I mean, so I, we want to commend this raise your voice book. I think because um, we're scratching on how to elevate and center other voices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of the things in leadership we try to help leaders. Um, get an imagination for, not just a tacit agreement to, is we really are, we exist to build up the body of Christ, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Mm -hmm. And part of that in this cultural moment, more than ever, because we have lenses and stories to hear it, like your book, Mm -hmm. is uh, it's it's, uh, time to center and Mm -hmm. honor and listen to other voices. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what it means to uh, equip the saints for the work of ministry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so uh, how can people continue to connect with you? I mean, obviously, we're going to put a link sure. to your book in your show notes, but what other ways can they encounter the kinds of things that you're thinking about and doing? They can find me on social media. Oh. I am fairly active there on Twitter okay. and Instagram. My handle is at Ms. M.S. Kathy Kong. And then I'm also on Facebook, 
I encourage people to go to my author page on Facebook. Um, uh, I'm running out of space for personal, actual friends in real life or people uh, that I've met Mm -hmm. on my personal page, but that's really where they can encounter me. And then I have a blog kathykong.com. And I try to keep my speaking engagement schedule fairly up to date. Um, and, and that's what they can do. And then they'll find other voices to follow other people that they should be learning from. That's great. When they click on there. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks so much, Kathy. This, this has been uh, a great education. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Really? I'm glad other people listen to this podcast, but I would do it if nobody listens. <laughs> just for because me. Just for these uh, interviews and, and all that we learn. It's Good. really helpful. Thank you for Peace being part to you. of that, You're Kathy. Welcome. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you enjoy learning from this podcast, please be sure to show your support by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. Be sure to share with your friends on social media too. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. You can join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.